the baseboards in the morning, change your bedding every other day, vacuum in the morning and evening, and then end the night with washing your car. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you making fun of me for clearing my throat? (laughs) No, I was just, it was imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. All right. Uh, hi, friends. Hi. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it when we say hi. I don't know why. Hello, friends. Oh, hello. Greetings. Greetings, comrades. <laughs> Salutations. <laughs> uh, welcome to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina, and I'm Lauren. Uh, and apparently, um, I did not get enough sleep last night. <laughs> well, I have an extra spicy meatball today, and I think he's rubbing off on me. So. <laughs> uh, you should probably explain to new listeners what that means, because it could be taken in a number of ways. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume that most people have heard of that I have a cat, and yes, his name is Meatball, but I got him as a kitten, and he's losing a little bit of the kittenness, but you know, he's still seven months old. He still has plenty of it in him. He's entering into that teenager phase, kind of. Yes. So he's extra spicy meatball today. (laughs) When Little Fang got to be that age, his face became more angular. Like overnight, I was like, you're a cat now. Like you're no longer a kitten. You're a cat. I mean, of course he was a baby. He still is a baby. He's two and a half years old and he's still a baby. Meatball has the roundest eyes I have ever seen on a cat. They are perfect circles and it makes him so adorable. I can't wait to see him in person. (laughs) Yeah. Kiss his little face. (laughs) Um, What are we talking about today? Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, We are talking about toxic positivity. Yes. This is a topic I have been wanting to cover for a long time and Meatball agrees with me. He does. He just tried to jump in my lap, even though Pico's in my lap. (laughs) But yeah, toxic positivity is kind of a buzzword these days. When did you first start hearing it floating around? Man, I don't even know. I mean, I feel like it was probably several years ago, but not as common. You know, I feel like I heard of it as a thing and I was like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. That's when people are annoying. Okay. (laughs) That's the word for it. Yeah. It was really validating once I heard that term. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's what I've been dealing with my whole life. Yes. It was very eye-opening and like, thank you for explaining this instead of me just having to be like, okay, I guess I have to put up with people. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this past week's pickle poll If you are a new listener, um, the pickle polls are a way that we engage with our community. We put out a question every week pertaining to mental health and people answer it and then we share it on the podcast and it starts a lot of amazing conversations. Please answer them. Leave voicemails because those are really cool. Yes. So this past week's question was, what does toxic positivity look like in your life and how do you respond to it? Uh, And so we're going to be sharing the answers that everyone sent in. But first, First. Lauren, where are you at? Well, I am at Missouri, where you do not expect to wake up to snow on a November morning. Yeah, it's like 75 degrees here in Virginia. So we're the opposite. I was gonna say, you particularly do not expect to wake up to snow two days after it was in the 80s. That's insane. I feel like everyone says this, but... (laughs) Like, climate change is real. Oh my god, I <laughs> like, know. <laughs> it's, uh, 
It's scary stuff. I, I keep asking people, like, what's the weather normally supposed to be around here? Uh, and <laughs> no one has a clear-cut answer for me. Like, increasingly, as the years have gone on, no matter where mm-hmm. I live, it's been kind of a vague answer. Like, I don't know. It's usually this. But lately, it's been all over the place. So that's that's fun. Yeah, I really had to hold back this morning because, I mean, just like as a joke, then I sent a text message to my dad and my brother and I was like, did you guys send this here? Because it looks like Michigan snow to me. (laughs) And, you know, we just like said a few funny things. And then I thought of that as I was like, oh, I want to make a comment about climate change. But my dad is such a vehement Trump supporter that... Even though climate change should not be a political issue, it should just be what's happening. But he would be like, my hero says it's fake, so it must be. It's it's like any hot button issue, like political quote unquote issue. It, it's human rights issues we're talking about, but they've been politicized and it's exactly. disgusting. And I don't know. I, I try not to talk about current events on this podcast in the past, at least, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like sometimes... I want to talk about it. And I I do just mean that as a blanket statement. Like, there's so many things that it frustrates me that we make them political. They're not. (laughs) They're not. It's so... I I voted last week and... Me too. I didn't feel good about it. I got... I mean, I'm glad I did it. I had so much anxiety leading up to it. And then, like, it was this whole three-hour ordeal because I was sent to the wrong polling place. Oh, no. Uh, And then I had to talk to, like, four people because my ballot got sent to my old address. But I did it. And I felt good (laughs) about that. But just overall, Mm -hmm. it feels kind of hopeless. My experience luckily went better than I expected because... I, you know, had not even thought, of course, to change my registration to my new ad. I don't think I even could have in time. I well, you lived there what, I was a moving. week. Yeah, so that's so fine. I was, you have a so I was thinking, like, okay, so I have to go back, you know, travel back to my old place, and then I realized at the last minute before I left work, I was like, oh wait. I was in St. Louis County, not the city, and they passed something a few years ago that if you are registered in St. Louis County, you can vote at any polling place in St. Louis County. Oh, sick. Yeah, so I looked it up, and there was a polling spot that was, like, right around the corner from where I work. I was like, cool, I'll just go there. So convenient. Yeah. (laughs) When I lived in Seattle, it was so easy to do the absentee voting. or Like, Mm -hmm. I just had to go drop it off in a bin on a college campus somewhere. That was yeah, it. that unfortunately was not easy here. I looked that up and it's like, you have to have a reason. You have to prove that that's the reason you can't. And there's like acceptable list of reasons. I was like, Ugh. I mean, I, I really, I do like some of the ways Seattle handled the pandemic. And that was one of them, like making mm-hmm. it super easy for, because that was like 2020 election. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> mentally though, how, you're, how are you doing with the snow and everything and the moving and... <laughs> I mean, as far as the snow, you know, I kind of like embraced it this morning. I was like, you know, I kind of like it. I'm home. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm wearing my sweater leggings. Yes. <laughs> nice and cozy. Yeah. Sweater legging season. Yes. Oh, I love wearing cozy clothes. I did still drink iced coffee. I mean, I should have made it hot this morning. But... Oh, I mean, iced coffee is good year round. If it's cold brew, yes. I had Before cold that... brew this morning too. Before cold brew, I thought iced coffee was the most horrible thing in the world. I know everything about iced coffee and cold brew and the differences and the ideal preparation. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone ever needs coffee tips, maybe don't ask me because I'm going to talk about it forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the, the person who makes the coffee at 
work. Uh, I just kind of started doing it. And every yeah. now and then someone else offers. And I'm just like, nah, this is calming to me. As you know, I think you've mentioned a few episodes before, Starbucks seems to somehow draw a lot of people with mental health issues. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so <laughs> Wait, like when did true. I say that? I don't remember what episode. Oh, probably the co-workers episode. That is, I said, that makes sense why it came up. That is but so I, funny. I just know because I immediately agreed with you because I have attended, attended, attended. <laughs> I've attended the church of Starbucks. <laughs> I've attended the church of eating disorder treatment. Oh, <laughs> a different church. Say, oh yeah, I've attended treatment, with, but with so many, yeah, like Starbucks employees. But that was one of the things that was funny is there was one, um, you know, that worked there a long time and she was telling us how to make cold brew and we had decided that we probably could make it in the closet in our rooms and like hide that we had a stash of cold brew. Oh my God. <laughs> that is both bougie and hardcore. I can't, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm impressed, I guess. It's like the treatment version of, what is it like? Like making wine, liquor uh, out of... Yeah, like, I was like, what, trash prison, or whatever. Yeah, prison liquor. <laughs> like. Oh my god. So I went to treatment during COVID, and yeah. normally the unit would go out and have outings. If you reached a certain level, you were allowed to take part of these outings and go as a challenge, like go to Starbucks yeah. and order. You had to order something, and you weren't allowed to yep. order it, the yep. diet version. So, I'm familiar so with all it this. It was COVID. We couldn't go out. But unfortunately, or fortunately, there was a Starbucks in the lobby of the building. Uh, and so they would take our order and someone mm-hmm. would place the mobile order and go down and pick it up and we would drink it in a conference room. And we had to sit in the conference room and drink Starbucks for an hour. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, they they knew us and stuff. And sometimes they would write encouraging messages on the cups. And it was oh. it was sweet. I don't remember why I was telling you the story. I I just think it's hilarious that you... Oh, yeah. So (laughs) this is my stance on Starbucks. It is a problematic company, uh, increasingly so. Uh But they took care of me for seven years and I met some really great people. And those people are the reason that I'm here in a lot of ways. Yeah. So (laughs) shout out to all the people that I know from Starbucks who are listening to this. I'm sure there's a good number of you. Maybe like two. (laughs) Uh, I've been feeling a little anxious this week. Uh-oh, what's going on? Where are you at? I don't know. I, I think I have arrived at two conclusions over the last year regarding my mm-hmm. mental health. I've been realizing that my anxiety is more of a chronic condition than I thought and mm-hmm. like accepting that. And then I've also realized that I have undiagnosed ADHD. Oh, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, and I don't have healthcare. So like, I can't really do anything mm-hmm. about it right now. I'm just like, you know, practicing mindfulness exercises and smoking weed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's my happy news about the election here is we passed legal weed. What? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> is it going to be like effective when I go there? Probably not. I yeah, I was looking that up the other day, and it sounds like January at the absolute earliest, more likely February, that we'd be able to buy it here. That's okay. And I know yeah. some people listen to this that are like completely sober from everything, and I respect mm-hmm. the shit out of that. I feel like eventually that's where I'm going to be. Like, yeah, I feel like I eventually I'm, I'm going to have to be sober from everything. That's the goal. But for now, weed has been helping with my anxiety. A lot. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. going to a show tonight in Richmond. We're leaving right after I finish Ooh. recording with you. 
Okay. And I am sitting in my office currently wearing fishnets. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the perfect oh. weather. It's like shorts and fishnets and sweater weather. We're both uh, dressed for the weather then, apparently. You are wearing fishnets, I'm wearing sweater leggings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love it, though. Anything else you want to discuss before we hop into our topic? I think we can hop right in. Okay, so toxic positivity. Uh, we got a lot of answers from y'all to go through, but first I thought we could briefly discuss like our own relationships with toxic positivity um, and how we respond to it. Like, let's yeah. answer the pickle poll ourselves. Uh, how does it show up in your life and how do we respond to it? The biggest way it's shown up in my life is whenever bad things have happened to me, it almost feels like I'm told that I can't feel bad about it. Um, in particular, I've talked in the past that I apparently just suck at relationships. <laughs> I, I get a... Uh, maybe one out of 10 score on those. And there's a lot of times too, where I've struggled with um, employment or- Right there with your sister. Yeah, or, you know, with housing, things like that. It feels like I'm not allowed to be a person that has bad luck with relationships or bad luck with jobs. You know, I immediately get told like, well, you'll just, you, when the person is right, then they'll find you, yep. and yeah, you're not going to be alone forever, and I'm like, well, maybe I am. I mean, I'd like to, you know, be on my deathbed and tell all those people, like, look, I still am. You were wrong. <laughs> the, <you."> whole, <laughs> the whole reason toxic positivity exists is just that there's this standard that people think we're supposed to meet, and if we don't meet it, then somehow we are failing. Yeah. Like, you're totally right. Being alone is perfectly valid and equally successful as being with a partner, you know? Or even, you know, I could not like it, but that does not mean the world is automatically going to come through for me. You know, sometimes you don't like how you live and it just, that happens. I have been gainfully employed at a place where I was miserable and I've also mm -hmm. been in relationships where, you know, on paper it looked great, but it wasn't yeah. a good match and I was miserable. And everyone around me just thought that was the best thing ever. They celebrated me. I, in their eyes, I was like on top of the world, you know, things yeah. were going great. Like, but isn't it great that you have this job and you're thinking like, no, but I, I was miserable going to work every day. And yeah. that's, that's when I started drinking all the time and uh. you know, right before I started making this podcast, actually. Um, something else that I feel like is... People are like that because they don't want to have to feel bad that you're struggling. Like, it's so much easier to be like, no, I'll tell them that everything's going to be good. And then I can walk away and feel good about myself because I'm sure they're hopeful now. Okay, that is a really good point because sometimes I get that it can be really hard to respond to someone who's struggling. You might not know what to say. In particular, like I think of a few times with friends. One that really hurt me was when I actually like overheard my friend's parents used to come to Chicago for Thanksgiving and, you know, and she'd also have her friends over that didn't, you know, little Friendsgiving thing. And so, you know, we, we would all be together and her mom must have said something about, oh, you know, like Lauren's always lived by herself and, and, you know, like never has a boyfriend that she brings or anything like that. And I heard my friend reply like, yeah, I think she just likes that lifestyle. I was like, 
I absolutely do not. I, I don't feel <laughs> oh, like I have no. a choice in this matter. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, cool. She's sticking up for you. Then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's kind of shitty to say. Yeah, it was kind of like she was saying the opposite of how I feel. And I feel like she was saying that to make herself feel better. Like if she can say like, oh, yeah, Lauren, Lauren wants to live that way. That's that's what she that's how she likes it. Then, you know, she doesn't have to feel like, oh, my friend's miserable. I do get the urge to fix things and to explain away things and to try to offer positivity as as a way to cope because it, mm-hmm. it is easy and it does leave you feeling like you did something good without actually having done anything good. Yeah. I, I've had I've struggled with being, you know, toxically positive. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've struggled with being that way while helping friends in the past because I I grew up in a religious environment and the answer to everything is just trust in God. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I won't go into it. One of our listeners sends in a voicemail later that really goes over this. Okay. Um, I don't even know where I was going with this. If you struggle with being a a toxically positive, I hate that term. What is it? If if you have been someone positively toxic, <laughs> <laughs> listen. If you're positively toxic, maybe you should talk to someone, not us. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, I get the urge to offer that kind of advice to someone because it's easy. Similar, but not quite the same, is I feel like my um, standard response is I want to empathize with the person. So, you know, if they're telling me something that I want to be like, oh, yeah, I understand. You know, like I've been through that, too, or this is like this time with me. But then I start to worry, like, am I always making it all about me? I'm just trying to relate. (laughs) No, I feel that as well. Um, Do you want to start going over the answers? Yes. Okay, so we have some Instagram comments. Uh, the Facebook people really showed up this week. Oh, Y'all are awesome. I never even paid attention to our Facebook. I, didn't. I, I admit I haven't as much in the past. That may be why I didn't recognize many of these. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Facebook people. Yeah. Y'all put the Instagram people to shame this week. I'll start paying more attention. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, we do have a voicemail from Alyssa, the one and only, that I think we'll play at the end. Ooh, um, she might have competition because I heard from my friend Vicky and she's like, I'm going to have to learn how to uh, start leaving voicemails. <gasps> I was like, yes. Ooh, you hear that, Alyssa? You might have competition. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the question is, what does toxic positivity look like in your life and how do you respond to it? Do you want to read the first one and we can take turns again? Sure. And this one I saw because it was on our Instagram. And this one is from Infinity Machine, which I did not stumble over despite all of the letters and things just because I know this person. (laughs) But there is... Yes. But there is a lot of numbers in the name. Anyway, she says, I read a book on toxic positivity and it was eye-opening. The book is Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy. It's by Whitney Goodman from 2022. Oh, a new book. Yeah. It's tricky because it's about trying to be okay with not acknowledging that stuff sucks right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that stuff will suck forever. But also sometimes it's as though we're brainwashed to try to stonewall any negativity in ourselves before it even has a chance to manifest in a way that other people will notice, too. Like trying to beat them to the punch. It can be as much an internal thing as an external thing. That's such a good one. Yeah, especially the like 
the, the idea of, he was like, you're kind of uh, brainwashing yourself into being positive. <laughs> well, I was looking a lot into toxic positivity for this episode. And by mm-hmm. looking into a lot, I mean, I was looking at Reddit last night. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I noticed there's like the societal toxic positivity that we just talked about a little bit. But there's yes. also the self-imposed toxic positivity. And oh, maybe you have absorbed these values through, like in my case maybe a religious background or just being alive in today's society and being on social media, that'll do it too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Like maybe you just have it ingrained in you. Like if anything bad happens in my life, my first thought is like, okay, like this sucks, but this is going to make me a a better person. Like, no, it doesn't have to. Like sometimes it just sucks. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because I've looked ahead to answers and I see one that like perfectly illustrates how I do it to myself, but we'll get to that. (laughs) But yeah, thanks Infinity Machine. Mm -hmm. Check out that book. (laughs) Yeah. I follow them on Instagram and over the years I have read a lot of books that they've recommended and just amazing taste. A lot of like mental health books and eating disorder books. Yeah. I like the subtitle, A World Obsessed with Being Happy. That's what kind of like... (laughs) I know. I I need to get that one from the library. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next comment is from Evan of Bongloads and BS, which is a (laughs) podcast about weed. I love it. I've been on it. Um, So he says, I explicitly refuse to deal with people who see no nuance in life. That kind of reminded me of when I first started being aware of toxic positivity. It was in recent years with the rise of Instagram influencers Mm -hmm. and just, I mean, growing up in the church before that, there's a lot of really, really positive people, like especially women, like they're just expected to be happy, smiling all the time. And I just can't trust those people. Like, if I meet someone who is all smiles and never complains and just, like, is positive all the time, I don't trust them. And not to say they don't have any nuance in their life, but Mm -hmm. they're hiding it. It's like Infinity Machine was saying, like, maybe they're just pushing it down and... uh... Uh, Yeah, because I was going to say, and another thing is when I come across people like that, what worries me is one day you're going to snap. And it's yeah. going to be huge because and you have I've not been allowed there. it. <laughs> yes. I'm not blaming them. Like, I've been no, there. I've done like that. That's... It never ends up well. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. So those are the Instagram comments. There were two. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to start with the Facebook comments. You can read the first one. It's from someone I went to high school with. Oh, okay. So this is Christine. And she says, what you focus on grows. Just breathe. How did you take that? I was sort of thinking along the same lines of just like whatever attitude you choose, it's going to become more of either a burden on you if you choose something that keeps you bottled up or it's going to maybe open you up if you choose to see a more realistic way. I guess we can't have a conversation about toxic positivity without talking about the idea that you can choose your attitude. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think sometimes you can choose, like, try to portray an attitude that you're not feeling and that can be, that can lead to toxic positivity. Yeah, I mean, I do believe that, saying, like, you can choose your attitude, but that also sounds similar to um, how a person can change. You know, you can be some way and you can change but that does not mean it's easy. Yeah. You could choose your attitude, but sometimes, you know, you would really have to make a huge effort to be like, okay, I'm going to respond this way. Or it's like everything in me like naturally wants to respond a different way. 
Exactly. And like Christine's comment makes sense. Like what you focus on, what you put energy in and time on, like does grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like just breathe. I I took that to mean like if you spend your energy and time on just sitting and being in the moment and breathing and like good or bad, just breathe, like take it in. It's happening. Also, like I know that if I pour energy into things like going on a walk and eating healthy, like I'll feel better. Mm -hmm. But those things are really hard to focus on sometimes when I'm dealing with anxiety and depression and burnout and stuff. So maybe like I don't have the luxury of focusing on that in the moment. I don't know. Whenever I see something, you know, a statement like just breathe, then I think like, don't let things snowball. (laughs) If you feel Mm. that happening, you know, just take a step back. Yeah, just breathe is one of those comments that kind of can be taken as mm-hmm. toxic positivity sometimes. Yeah. Like, just breathe. You're alive. You know, be grateful that right. you're alive. <laughs> so my first tattoo that I ever got <laughs> was um, the Fermata sign. It's a, it's a musical symbol for people that don't know. A lot of people I've seen get that sign because what it means above a note is to hold the note for longer than the, the note is supposed to be held. So a lot of people interpret that as um, hold on, which I I liked. But what I liked even more is I had a piano teacher because sometimes this Fermata sign will be over a a rest, you know, a a silent part in the music. Mm -hmm. And then you hold the rest longer. And what she used to always write above that is stop, take a breath. I love that. (laughs) That's what I think of. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It also makes me miss piano. I'm going to try to get an electric piano this year. I have one, so you can play on it when you're here. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> All right, next comment is from Andrew. Mm-hmm. He says, my mom's favorite mantra is, things could be worse. And I always respond, well, things could be better too. So we've effectively canceled each other out here. <laughs> First of all, that one, yeah, I almost like started laughing in the middle of our introduction because I read that. I but... responded with a laugh react and then I, and another person responded with a care react. And I was like, oh shit, was that callous of me to respond in a laugh react? But it's hilarious. No, because I was going to say the second thing is this is the comment where you said toxic positivity in yourself. Where that's where I'd like, oh, I do that all the time. I make myself think that I can't feel bad because I'd be like, well, it could be worse. You know, you're not. You minimize some people. Yeah, exactly. Minimizing is a form of toxic positivity sometimes. Very good point. I agree. But yeah, that's a great response. I need (laughs) to tell that to myself when I think things could be worse. Like Christina, things could be better too. Like especially now (laughs) that I'm now that I'm in recovery and I know that things can be better. I'm like, damn, I could have been living this way this whole time. Like, what else have I been withholding from myself? But then that can also lead to toxic positivity where I'm just like, I should be better. Like, I should be growing at this rate all the time. But recovery is not linear and neither is life. Yeah. And I'm right there with you, like noticing, as I said, that that is my main toxic positivity to myself. That I was like, I'm going to have to start telling myself things could be better too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What if things work out, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Next comment. Okay, so this is Olivia. This is someone I went to treatment with when we were 17 in Chicago. Well, uh, my best friend here is named Olivia, and she went to treatment in Chicago probably when she was around that age. Well, Olivia still lives in Chicago, and we're like 10 years younger than you. (laughs) Okay. No, she is 10 years younger than me. Oh, what are the odds of that? (laughs) I know. Anyway. Anyway. 
So Olivia, not my friend Olivia, your friend Olivia, (laughs) mom, housewife, influencers who are always sharing tips, in quotes, for how to keep your home sparkling clean. And the tips are like, wash all your dishes every night, do two loads of laundry each day, scrub the baseboards in the morning, change your bedding every other day, vacuum in the morning and evening, and then end the night with washing your car. That's it. That's it. (laughs) I did (laughs) her. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't realize I was making it so complicated in order to have a perfectly clean home. I just need to spend every waking moment perfectly cleaning it. <laughs> I combat it by finding accounts of people who are real about mom life and taking care of the home. I want genuine tips, legitimate outcomes, not the toxic tips that make no sense for any normal person. Oh my god, so relatable. I know. This reminds me of you are probably too young to have seen this because it was quite a long time ago. But I mean, you obviously still know who Martha Stewart is. Of course. And there, I remember like early on in her career, there was a commercial making fun of her. Like she was in on it. You know, she was in the commercial. But oh, I, I just that. remember. Yeah, like she was just showing off all of her little things. And then I remember like at the end, you know, it probably was like a commercial for something saying you'll have more time if you, you know, use this service. And she's like, I have time now to tile my pool with old credit cards. It's just a simple thing you can do in your spare time. (laughs) But like, I do that to myself. I have this idea that my house has to be perfectly clean and everything in order all the time, even if it's just me there. I I was talking to my sister Bonnie about this, how like, we need to be more comfortable with just letting people see the natural state that we live in sometimes. Yeah. And like, it's okay to have like some dirty dishes in the sink when people come over. Like, that's who you are. Why hide yeah. it? Everyone has dirty dishes. I feel like I try to do that. I feel like everything needs to be like perfectly in its place as far as my house, but that does not happen very quickly. I can't keep up with it. And then I just like fall into depression and then everything becomes a huge mess. And then I'm afraid to let people come over. Yeah. That's my cycle. <laughs> That's a whole other episode we could do. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay. Next comment is from my friend Janai. And they said, me trying to come to terms with the fact that my health conditions are going to be a fact of my life until I die and my partner at the time saying I shouldn't think like that because it's giving up, ignoring how acceptance is an important part in managing chronic pain and illness. Me using admittedly dark humor to cope with said illness, as well as mental illness, and others telling me to just think happy thoughts and things will get better. Me coping with PTSD after a childhood of trauma, and my church friends saying my faith is not strong enough and I deserve to continue struggling with it because I'm choosing not to stay positive and focus on all my blessings as if one cannot be grateful for life while still hurting. Me telling an acquaintance who is kind enough to chat during a crisis about my partner abusing me and her saying, I just need to be happy I have a relationship at all because she's so lonely and would kill for a boyfriend. Uh, And then they said, my response to these varies from internalizing it and feeling even more broken that I cannot simply be happy to telling them to fuck right off and then (laughs) ranting about their lack of empathy while fighting the urge to get mean in return. Such a good comment. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know which point that they made I want to focus on first. Um, I know. <laughs> I really love the idea of how you can't be grateful for in your life if you're hurting. Yeah. Because um, you absolutely... Jaw-dropping. <laughs> that was something I had to deal with too because like I've spent a lot of my life struggling 
and learning that like it is okay to just be grateful for the little things like that has been really helpful for me just finding little things like gratitude lists I make a gratitude list every morning on a postcard but I don't consider that toxic positivity because I'm not telling myself that I'm not allowed to struggle I'm just focusing on the good things while I'm struggling if that makes sense yeah no it feels like some of the things we said earlier where it's like you can be grateful for certain things in your life but still be unhappy with parts of it Exactly. Yeah, a few positive things that you recognize are positive does not mean, well, now I can't feel bad about life. Yeah, I think a big myth about toxic positivity is that the opposite of that is just being like a stark realist and (laughs) not being positive about anything, but that's not it at all. Positivity is very important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, what, What were your other thoughts on this comment? I liked... The, uh, now I got, I mean, there was a lot to say. I was like, I was particularly thinking in the very beginning where they say, um, you know, coming to terms with their health conditions and being told, oh, you shouldn't think like that. And you're just giving (gasps) up. Yeah. I was just talking about that with my anxiety, just accepting that it's been going to be a part of my life forever. And like the reason I've been struggling with that is because. I feel kind of guilty. Like, it's kind of like your stance on recovery that we've talked about in the past. Exactly. But maybe you can give a refresher for new listeners. I was going to say that that was like the main thing that I related to because I was thinking how I feel like there's two camps of people that come out about eating disorder recovery where they either say it's an addiction like, you know, the the AA version of alcoholism, that you're always, you know, going to be an alcoholic, even, you know, if you never touch another drop. And the Mm -hmm. same thing, you know, you're always going to have an eating disorder, even if you are always in recovery. And then there's people that say full recovery is possible for anyone. And I feel like I have seen people that I would say, yes, it is 100% not part of their life anymore. They went through it. They are fully recovered. I believe it is possible, but I do not believe it is possible for everyone. And honestly, that's how I've come to feel about myself. I feel like the best I can hope for is managing it and keeping it on the down low. Harm reduction, baby. Exactly. (laughs) Baby. Baby. I mean, I kind of agree. Like, I think recovery is possible for everyone, but recovery looks different for everyone. Like, recovery for me means not binging and purging, eating enough food, like the physical stuff, obviously, taking care of my body. It also means not spiraling all the time over my body, um, having these negative thoughts and being able to divert them and recognize that they're aspects of my eating disorder. They're not real. Um, I don't think recovery means for me that I'm never going to not hate my body or that I'm ever going to necessarily like having a body, I don't know if I ever will. But that's for me, my therapist, my future therapist, (laughs) to decide. So it sounds like we feel kind of similar. My only difference is I feel like if you still struggle with the thoughts only, I don't think that is full recovery. I think that Mm. is recovered enough. I mean, you're not making your life miserable anymore. So note to self here, we need to make an episode where we elaborate (laughs) on this and we need to call it recovered enough. Yes, um, I love it. But either way, like back to the comment, you know, when, yeah. when people would, would tell you that's that was the toxically positive one yes. is where people would say like, recovery is possible for anyone, you know, you just have to work at it or something like that. And I'm like, I have worked at it and I can't stop my brain from thinking thoughts. 
I think one thing about toxic positivity is like we mentioned the unrealistic expectations. Like maybe you do have an unrealistic expectation that recovery means you're never going to struggle again or you'll reach this state where you're just it's not part of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think recovery is a way of life. It's not necessarily a state of being. It's funny thinking of this too, because I've gone back and read some of some of the journaling that I was doing it each time that I was in treatment, and the I did not realize because I didn't think I felt this way. <laughs> but but the first one, I was clearly drinking the recovery Kool Aid hard. I mean, you know, everything is just like, oh, I struggled with this today, but then I had a success and, you know, like gold star for me because I did this. And I'm like, that's all the stuff I hate. Why was I saying that? (laughs) I mean, I think maybe toxic positivity, the reason people turn to it is because it's like when you're freshly sober, you do Mm -hmm. gravitate towards things like AA because in the moment it helps. That's what I felt like, too, is I'm like, this was the first time I was exposed to anything like this. So, yeah, that makes sense that I embraced it. Uh, just finishing up Janai's comment. Yes. Just the part about, oh yeah, like, they just need to be happy to have a relationship at all. Like, you can relate so, so, yeah, to that, the, right? The, the other side of that, which is also awful, I would never respond like that to somebody, especially exactly. not if they're talking about a horrible relationship they're in. Oh, my God. Also, like, sometimes people are single and they want to be single. Sometimes they're single and they yeah. don't want to be single. It's, it's not really any of your business unless they confide in you and they're telling you about it. Don't assume anything. Right. I probably think responses like that in my head if somebody's telling me stuff like, Ugh, it's so annoying that, you know, my partner never does the dishes and I ask him to every morning and still does not. And I just must have the worst relationship ever. You know, if you're, if you're like exaggerating like that, I would be like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, if someone's telling you about like abuse, I would not be like, wow, well, at least you have a relationship. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of tone deaf. That's Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, those are all the comments we got. We have a voicemail from Alyssa that we're going to play. Okay. Again, uh, Alyssa is on Instagram at underscore flesh underscore daddy. She does like art fundraisers for parrot rescues sometimes. Mm-hmm. And in this voicemail <laughs> you're about to hear, one of her parrots is in the background. <laughs> she does address it. So I love when the birdies show up. Okay. I know. So he's there. Um, I'm ready when you are. Yeah. So I absolutely abhor the phrase you went through all of that crap and it made you who you are today. And I, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I kind of equate it to toxic positivity where people are trying to make something positive out of traumatic experiences. And to an extent, we have to. It's a, it's a coping mechanism. It's survival. You know, it's looking in the good and the bad, silver linings, all that. But the issue is that it also invalidates the trauma and the experiences. And it also frustrates me because imagine how much I might have flourished had I not been so traumatized. It makes me seem like my entire personality came from my trauma. Or or the whole phrase, um, you know, you're stronger because of it. Yeah, well, I'm really not. Because sometimes I have crying fits for no reason and anxiety attacks and I can't socialize in a normal setting. So am I really stronger emotionally for it? Or am I just sad? You know, am I just a really sad, anxious person? And the answer is yes. You know, people are completely ignorant of the fact that I'm no stronger having gone through the things that I went through. 
It didn't give me some kind of preparation for the real world. It, it, in fact, it, it, it stunted me and emotionally stunted me for a long time. So for people to say, oh, you are who you are because of your trauma. You are who you are because of what you went through. You're stronger because of what you went through. Completely disregards the fact that, like completely disregards me as a human being and who I am as a person and my personality. My personality doesn't come from my trauma. Quite the, quite the opposite. It comes in spite of it, you know? I, and, and my drive and everything else, none of it came from my trauma. You know, I, I, I just, I fought. And I have no fight left in me because of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's hyperbolizing. I'm kind of being dramatic. I mean, of course, I still have fight in me. But the thing is, is that I, I feel weaker. You know, I may not necessarily be weaker, but I absolutely feel weaker. I am not the social butterfly uh, you know, like social person, you know, I, I, I have my eating disorder to deal with and depression and severe anxiety, especially social anxiety, because I and, and, and trust issues up the wazoo. And I don't feel stronger. I don't feel like my trauma made me who I am. It, it really kind of muted me as a person. It, it muted my personality. And I'm just now figuring out who I am as a person now. Yeah, it's not helpful. I think a more helpful thing to be at any point in time, I really just wish someone would just go, damn, that sucks. Yeah, that would be a little bit more sensitive than, oh, you're stronger because of it. I'm not a fucking Disney princess. You know, I'm not Rapunzel locked away and now I'm free and no, now I'm trapped instead of in my own home, I'm trapped inside my own body and inside my own head because of it. I've heard it so often that I literally just respond with, okay, and move on after that. Like it's, it's, they're not getting it. And you know, and that's fine, but I just can't, I, toxic positivity can be very damaging in and of itself. I'm really sorry if you keep hearing a bird. Um, my little Conyer Mookie wants to add to the conversation. So that's who you hear. You've got to let people feel the full spectrum of human emotion. You can't just invalidate them and just move on and just be like, oh, well, that sucks, but you need to be happy. You need to be happier. And, and I understand if somebody's depressed all the time, it can get a little frustrating if you don't know how to respond to that. But at the same time, even just people going through a lot and like generally are just not even mentally ill, but just sad once in a while, and you have those those waves of toxic positivity. People were like, oh, just be happy to smile through it. it. It'll be over soon, you know. This too shall pass. And yes, this too shall pass. But to deny people the full spectrum of human emotion is, it's, it's robbery. It's egregious. Everybody is, deserves to feel what they're feeling in that point in time. It'll help you move on faster, believe it or not. And it'll help you kind of cope with it and emotionally mature with it oh as always yeah. a great voicemail from Alyssa. Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts right off the bat um first of all just a very superficial thing that i wanted to comment on is i loved that a couple times you know to refer to things that people say then she did a little like because <laughs> yeah. I, I recognized maybe like five minutes in i was like you're going to be hearing a lot of that from me. <laughs> so I was glad someone else did. Like every time, voice. Yeah, it was like every time that I say what someone else said, it was like, <laughs> It's so obnoxious. I, I really love what she said about trauma and like, so, like the response from someone who has not gone through something 
can usually be like, it's going to be over soon or it's happening for a reason. You're so strong because of what you went through. And I'm guilty of saying things like that to people. So I have a story to tell because I thought of this as she was talking about things saying like trauma doesn't make you stronger necessarily. <laughs> like Sometimes it makes you weaker. So what I was thinking of is... You'll have to bear with me. My grandparents had a lot of apple trees and they had one pear tree. And this pear tree grew the most amazing pears. Um, it had branches that like would get so heavy with pears that you could put like lounge chairs out underneath it and you could just like reach up and grab one when you wanted one. And they were always like juicy and perfect. Oh, and sounds amazing. I want a yeah, pear they're, now. They're fantastic. I know. But so um, one year the pear tree got struck by lightning it split in half and the half that fell over, you know, died. And the other half produced more pears than that pear tree ever has for the next few years. So I see, you know, like, okay, it had some trauma and it found a way to respond. You know, maybe it looked like it flourished and everything. But then three, four years later, there was this huge windstorm. And the only tree that got completely uprooted and blown over in that storm was the pear tree because it had been weakened before. Wow. That's such a good analogy. It's so <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I'm kind of proud of it. <laughs> you could like be flourishing on the outside, like I was talking about earlier, being in the quote unquote right relationship, the right job. And you could still, like, I am a, still a traumatized person and I wasn't dealing with a lot of stuff at the time. It was just kind of underneath the surface festering. And it does eventually blow over. Like those lightning storms in life do come and shit hits the fan. And you got to deal with it one way. Like being positive can only go so far. Like maybe, you know, like something bad that happens to you does even like inspire you to to do something that is, you know, good for your life and helps other people. Yeah, that's great. But you still go home and you're hurting. Exactly. (laughs) It hasn't stopped. It's like Janai was saying, like. You can be grateful for the good things, but you can also still be hurting, like mm-hmm. recognize that you're hurting. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring up the topic of motivational quotes. Yeah. So I'm an artist in my spare time, mm-hmm. whatever spare time I have <laughs> that's not spent on this podcast. Yeah. I, um, I like to make typography and frame them yes. around the house. And I was looking at some of the designs that I've done, and some of them definitely border on the on toxic positivity, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're doing great. Uh, don't stop working if it feels easy. We are who we are. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it can be helpful sometimes. But also, sometimes I'll be having a really shitty day, and mm-hmm. the goal of that kind of art is, like, hypothetically to lift my mood and like inspire me but if i'm in a certain kind of mood i'll be like damn fuck you like yeah i can see working on something like that if you were like trying to do it to change your mood around just being like fuck this shit (laughs) yeah so um i don't know i I totally agree with everything Alyssa said and everything that Mm -hmm. our listeners commented with yes thank you everyone who responded great group of responses seriously (laughs) we love you all so much (laughs) So next week, I get to choose the topic. I have something really exciting planned. Oh, boy. <laughs> Until then, I don't fucking know. I'm it feels tired. It's like so long since you've picked a topic. I know. I feel like it has been. I'm going to well, be going into my old journals. Did, did you last pick a topic before our 100th episode? 
You know, I think I did. I think because that would make sense because we did that, we did death. You know, we threw some extra things in. So it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I think I did harm reduction. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, until then, keep engaging with us on the socials. Uh, we love yeah. hearing from you all. And there doesn't have to be a pickle poll for you to send in voicemails. You can talk to us about anything. Yeah, start um, commenting on our Twitters now that I've taken it over because I, I want to talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> our Twitter is a hot spot, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, have a great week and mm-hmm. we will see you next time. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.